0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 641 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just so want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline where the game starts. And today, going to continue talking about everything that the Rangers are doing this offseason here. Obviously, you know, we covered the big signing, which was Vincent Trocek. Talked about him in great detail. We're going to do another couple of, uh, you know, Trocek-centric episodes in the future. Talking about, like, you know, where he might line up as far as line combinations are concerned. If he could be an option to replace Ryan Strome on the second power play unit. Or if there's a better option there and maybe put Trocek on the second unit. We'll get to all that in due time. But in today's episode, we're going to break down the trade of Patrick Nemeth to the Arizona Coyote. This is something that we've talked about kind of in passing, but obviously, you know, free agency, uh, there's a lot going on, and, you know, you kind of just have to hit hit the ground running every day. And like I said, Vincent Trocek was kind of the headline. We're going to move on to some other things that the Rangers have done as well here today, Uh, in addition to Patrick Nemeth. We're going to talk about uh, the player that the Rangers got back in the Nemeth trade. That would be 22 year old defenseman Ty Emerson, a former third round pick by the Coyotes. We will also. Talk about another New York Reindeer free agent signing, and that would be 31-year-old center Ryan Carpenter, who in all likelihood will kind of take on the Kevin Rooney role uh, that Rooney played in years past for this team. But once again, we begin with Patrick Nemeth. And in case you missed it, you just need a quick refresher here. Patrick Nemeth once again traded to the Arizona Coyotes. The Coyotes get Patrick Nemeth. They also get a second-round pick in 2025 and a conditional second round pick in 2026. And with the conditional pick, Arizona has the option to acquire uh, the Rangers own 2014 third round pick or its own uh, 2026 second round pick. So uh, in all likelihood, probably going to be two second round picks, although I suppose you never know uh, which way the coyotes might go there. And of course the Rangers once again, acquire defenseman Ty Emerson as part of that trade. And as a quick aside, you know, we'll, we'll get back to Nemeth in just a second, but while we're talking about draft picks here, I to give you guys just a quick rundown of, you know, where things stand with the Rangers as far as, uh, you know, future draft classes are concerned in 2023, next season, uh, the Rangers will not have their own third round pick, but they will have the Avalanche third round pick. The Rangers also will not have a pick in the fourth round or the fifth round. And then in the sixth round, in addition to their own pick, they also have the Jets. And that goes along with, you know, the the normal Ranger picks. You know, the Rangers will have their own first round pick, their own second round pick, and their own seventh round pick. Uh, so that's where things stand as far as uh, next year's draft class is concerned. And the year after that, the Rangers have all of their own picks, except they do not have a pick in the third round. So that's where things stand there. But back to Nemeth here. You know, God, where do you even start? I mean, to begin with, I'm not going to do revisionist history on here. I'm not going to, you know, go back in time and try to claim that, oh, I was against this this signing by Chris Drury. I always thought this was a terrible signing. There's no way they should have brought him in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When this signing was announced last year, I thought it was fine. I, I thought it was a good, solid signing, uh, not a franchise-altering signing or the kind of move that's going to vault you to a Stanley Cup championship. Nothing like that. But to me you know, to use a baseball term, this wasn't a grand slam. This was just a solid base hit up the middle for Chris Dre. I like the idea of bringing a veteran defenseman because the Rangers are so young on the blue line. You know, Trouba is the oldest and I think he's still like 27 or 28 and everybody else, it seems like is like 23 or younger. So, okay, bring in a steady veteran defenseman. Somebody that, you know, has a very limited ceiling, but also a very safe floor. Somebody that's just going to go out there, give you a fairly consistent hockey night in and night out while in all likelihood playing on the bottom pairing. So, As far as the concept of, uh, you know, limited ceiling, but safe floor, I was half right. Because yes, Patrick Nemeth, when he played for the Rangers last season, showed beyond any shadow of a doubt that he did indeed have a very limited ceiling. There were times last year where I thought Ranger Twitter was a little bit too tough on him, kind of went out of their way to just bash the guy, and there were times where I would stand up for him. But, you know, toward the end of the season, I started to have to recognize facts here. And the facts are, Patrick Nemeth at his absolute best, on the best, Brand of hockey, kind of a night that Patrick Nemeth is going to play. That was kind of a weird way to word it, but you get what I'm saying. Patrick Nemeth, at his absolute best, was painfully mediocre, and he was not at his absolute best uh, all that often last season. Patrick Nemeth, at his absolute worst, which I thought would be like, you know, league-wide average defenseman, or, or, you know, at least uh, an average defenseman as far as a third-pairing defenseman is concerned. But no, Patrick Nemeth, at his absolute worst, was one of the worst defensemen in hockey last season. I don't even think that's really an exaggeration. And it was just a bizarre season because, you know, he just never got his season off the ground, it felt like. You know, there were times where, you know, he had some injuries. Uh, There were times where, you know, he had an illness. There were times where he was held out of the lineup with what they were saying were personal reasons, and all of these things were kind of used interchangeably, and then you know everybody thought that he was sick, and no, he's actually out for personal reasons, and everybody thought he was out for personal reasons. No, he's actually dealing with an injury. It just kind of went on and on and on like this to the point where you never really knew what was going on or what the deal was or why he wasn't in the lineup. For a while there, I feel like they were almost kind of inventing reasons why he wasn't in the lineup to allow Nemeth to kind of save face and not you know, have the designated healthy scratch distinction, eventually there was no choice. You know, by the time they got down the stretch and certainly then into the playoffs, they had to healthy scratch Patrick Nemeth. They really didn't have any choice whatsoever and there was no more hiding it. But yeah, for the longest time, everything that Patrick Nemeth did uh, was just kind of shrouded in mystery. All these different reasons why he wasn't in the lineup. And then of course, when he was out there, he just wasn't any good. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Again, I stood up for him for as long as I possibly could. By the time the playoffs rolled around though, He's out there taking terrible penalties and just completely unable to keep up with the speed of play, leaving the front of the net unguarded. I mean, anything that could go wrong went wrong with Patrick Nemeth in the playoffs. And the Rangers eventually kind of smartened up and realized, okay, this guy can't play. He's not an option. Our third pairing has to be Braden Schneider and Justin Braun. And we're going to continue talking about all this in just a second. I'm eventually going to... uh, you know, talk about the player that the Rangers got back in exchange for Nemeth and the two draft picks. Once again, that would be uh, Ty Emerson, young defenseman from the Coyotes. I'm also going to debate whether this is the worst move of the Chris Jury tenure. I think there's a very good chance that it is. We'll kind of compare and contrast it to some other things that, you know, people have called out Chris Jury for. Uh, but for my money, uh, not to spoil anything here, but yeah, it's, it's definitely up there as far as— uh, you know, the worst moves that jury has made. He's had more hits than misses since taking over, uh, but this one was clearly a miss. But yeah, we are going to continue talking about all that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So the million-dollar question as it pertains to the Patrick Nemeth situation, is this the worst move that Chris Drury has made since becoming uh, general manager of the New York Rangers? I know that this could spark some debate. There's going to be a lot of fans who might look at the Pavel Buchnevich trade. Again, we've been over this a couple times on this podcast. Bottom line with that trade is, it was a necessary evil. It's not something that, you know, I celebrated when they did it, but it just felt like they weren't going to be able to give Pavel Buchnevich the kind of money that he was going to command long-term. He ends up with the St. Louis Blues four-year deal worth $5.8 million per season. And I think now we're all starting to kind of realize why this move was made. I mean, yes, you could have signed... Pavel Buchnevich, but look how tight the Rangers are against the salary cap right now. And look at how many guys still need to be paid. We're going to have Lafreniere, Keandre Miller, and Philip Hedl, all as restricted free agents next offseason. And if you're paying $5.8 million to Pavel Buchnevich, then you might have to say goodbye to you know, a really young, promising player. I mean, I don't think they would let Lafreniere go, but they might have to leave somebody like Keandre Miller go. That would not be good. Keandre Miller is a budding superstar in this league. So I think the Nemes signing is worse than the Buchnevich trade. At least with the Buchnevich trade, wasn't necessarily ideal, but you could see where jury was coming from. You get Sammy Blay, you get a second-round pick. It's fine. I don't have any. Issues with that, really. It's not a trade that I celebrated, but it's a trade that I understood. Uh, some other people, this isn't really a move, but you might kind of look at how Drury and the Rangers have handled the Vitaly Kraftsoff situation. There's plenty of blame to go around between Kraftsoff and the Rangers themselves. Nobody handled it particularly well this past season. And, uh, you know, Drury can be a little bit hard headed when it comes to situations like that, I think. But again, that's not all going to fall on Chris Jury and Vitaly Kravtsov, even before Jury became the general manager, was obviously having some issues with the Rangers. So to me, this signing of Patrick Nemeth is still the worst. I mean, you bring him in on a three-year, two and a half million dollar deal, and he just can't play hockey. He just, he just was not good enough for the Rangers last season. We've been over the reasons why, you know, he was so ineffective for this team. And I think, you know, one thing that I'll throw out there, and I mentioned this even when they signed Patrick Nemeth, you know, they brought him in the three-year, $2.5 million deal. He had a limited no-trade uh, you know, clause in his contract where he could block trades to eight different teams. I assume the Coyotes were not on that list. Either that or he just agreed to waive the no-move clause, but probably the former is more likely. But they bring him in on that contract. I think the thinking for the Rangers at that point was that Nemeth probably won't end up playing out all three years of this contract and that, you know, he'll just be there as kind of a stopgap option. Once the Rangers have a young defenseman that is like really ready to go and take the bull by the horns, the Rangers would then trade Patrick Nemeth away and open up that spot for, you know, a Nils Lundqvist or a Zach Jones or whoever it might be. And technically that is what happened here. But now you're looking at a situation where the Rangers had to bribe the Coyotes with basically two second round draft picks in order for them to take on the last two years of this Patrick Nemeth contract. And when he was first signed last year, and as I mentioned, I I figured that the Rangers would eventually end up trading him before that contract ran its course. But you were probably thinking at the time, like, okay, well, we signed Patrick Nemeth. If we had to trade him somewhere down the road, we can get like a third-round pick, maybe a fourth-round pick for Patrick Nemeth. No, you couldn't get anything for him. You had to bribe the acquiring team with two second-round draft picks in order— for them just to take him off of your hands. It's very reminiscent of the Mark Stahl situation. Obviously, you know, the Rangers were looking to rebuild and they just didn't want Mark Stahl anymore. His play had really fallen off. He had one year left on his contract. Rangers wanted to dump that contract essentially. And what they did was they traded Mark Stahl along with a second round pick to Detroit in exchange for basically nothing. And Detroit took in Mark Stahl and took the Rangers off the hook as far as the contract is concerned. And the Rangers were just like that. You know, they washed their hands clean of Mark Stahl. The difference there is, you know, Mark Stahl had been a really solid New York Ranger for about, 10 or 12 or how many years it was before that, was on a team that went to the Stanley Cup, and he only had one year left on his contract. And again, I know his play had fallen off the last couple of years with the Rangers, but he was a solid defenseman before that. With Patrick Nemeth, he was only here for one year. He still had two years left on his contract, and I think that's why, you know, whereas with Mark Stahl, the Rangers only had to trade away one second-round pick. With Patrick Nemeth, they had to give away two second-round picks because he's got two years left on his contract, and any team acquiring him, I mean, they're, the Coyotes are basically stuck with this guy, and they don't care, because they're taking uh, the long road as it pertains to the rebuild. They're happy to just have him there, and if he plays half-decently next season, I'm sure the Coyotes will look to flip him somewhere else for a mid-to-late-round draft pick. But yeah, very reminiscent of the Mark Stahl situation, but this one was even worse uh, for all the reasons that I just mentioned. And think about this. Patrick Nemeth plays one season with the Rangers. He basically ended up costing the Rangers... Three draft picks because think about it. I just mentioned the two draft picks that they had to trade to the Arizona Coyotes to offload him uh, a second rounder and a conditional second rounder. They also, in the middle of this preceding season, had to trade a third round pick to to the Philadelphia Flyers to acquire Justin Braun basically to come in and do the job that Patrick Nemeth himself proved so, so incapable of doing. They had to bring in a steady veteran defense and somebody who doesn't really have a lot of flash or excitement to his game, but somebody who's just a steady pair of hands back there isn't going to lose you too many games, will just play steady, consistent hockey. Just does all the little things well. I think Patrick Nemeth, or excuse me, Justin Braun for the most part uh, did that once he came over to the New York Rangers. And, you know, he's on his way. The definition of a rental, he's back in Philly now. But they had to give up that third rounder to bring him in just to have Patrick Nemeth insurance. And, of course, initially, they went with Nemeth and Braun in the lineup rather than Braden Schneider. And then for a while, Braun was the odd man out. And eventually, they got it right, and Patrick Nemeth was the odd man out. But they had to give up that third rounder. Now, maybe they bring in Justin Braun either way just to have some insurance. But to me, you know, I look at this. We got one year of subpar hockey from Patrick Nemeth, and it costs us a third rounder to bring in Braun and two second rounders just to unload Patrick Nemeth. That is quite the price for somebody that just played one uh, subpar season of hockey with the New York Rangers. And I should also mention, look, even though I'm being critical here, I'm just trying to keep it real. Patrick Nemeth did not play well for the Rangers last year. None of this makes Patrick Nemeth a bad person or anything like that. You know, we've talked before on the show about how you know there's a very tight-knit bunch on this New York Ranger team. I think he was part of that. I never got the sense that like he was on an island and disliked by his teammates or anything. He seemed to be pretty well-liked overall. Uh, it's just a case where it didn't work out. And so with all that said, uh, I've got really nothing bad else to say about Patrick Nemeth, it's nothing against him, the person, uh, just him, the hockey player. Obviously, it very clearly did not work out for the New York Rangers. And I would also just like to give a little bit of credit to Chris Drury here, because even though he kind of messed up here, bringing Patrick Nemeth, again, what I would consider the worst move that he's made as Ranger GM. Hey, you know what? At least he can admit a mistake and just unload the guy and do what he has to do. There's general managers in this league, I have no doubt. There's 31 other general managers in this league. You know at least a few of them would be stubborn and just try to run it back with Patrick Nemeth again this upcoming season and just kind of refuse to admit a mistake. Now, Drury didn't come out and say, oh, I made a mistake here, I screwed up. He would never do that. I mean, it'd be mean to Nemeth, and there'd be no real purpose in doing that. Uh, but his actions speak louder than words here. He knew he had to unload this guy. He did it. nemeth has gone. And hey, you know what? All the best to Patrick Nemeth with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Hopefully he can play a little bit better for them than he played for the Rangers this past season. But yes, this is a move that absolutely 100% needed to happen. Uh, We will talk about the defenseman that the Rangers received in the Patrick Nemeth trade. That would be 22-year-old Ty Emerson. We will talk about him. And we will also talk about Ryan Carpenter, who the Rangers signed in free agency. We will do all that in just a second. All right, once again, shifting our attention to Ty Emberson, who the Rangers got in the Nemeth trade, as well as Ryan Carpenter, who the Rangers signed an unrestricted free agency. And we will start with Ty Emberson, obviously not really a household name, but a 22-year-old ready defenseman, six foot one, 195 pounds, drafted by the Arizona Coyotes in the third round of the 2018 NHL draft, going number 73 overall. Emberson is still... On his entry-level contract, he is, in fact, in the final season of his ELC. He is making $853,000 this year. Uh, He is a restricted free agent after uh, this upcoming season here. And he is yet to make his NHL debut. And to be honest, I think it's going to be kind of tough to see it happening this year. I mean, to begin with, as we've noted on here, the top five... Ranger defense and spots of the six spots are pretty much spoken for. You look at Fox, Lindgren, Truba, Miller, Schneider. uh, You tell me which one of those five players isn't going to be on the opening night roster next season. I I think it's very doubtful that any of them will not be there. You know, barring a trade or something completely unforeseen here, those five guys are going to be penciled in uh, to the lineup every single night. And, you know, as far as the sixth spot, I mean, never say never, I guess. But that means that Emerson is going to have to Contend with the likes of Zach Jones, Nils Lundqvist, Matthew Robertson, Hunter Skinner. Obviously not going to be easy to beat out all of those players, especially when you consider that I think those are all players that the Rangers themselves drafted. I'm almost positive without checking. If you're still hearing this, that is the case because I will check it before uh, you know putting this episode out there. But yeah, I mean, those are the Rangers guys. This is somebody that's just brought in via a trade. Never say never because the Rangers, they have shown that you know if you outperform your draft status or whatever it might be, they will give you a chance. You can earn an opportunity. But I just don't see how Emerson's going to leapfrog all those players that I just mentioned. But it's nice to have some organizational depth and somebody that I suppose still has at least a little bit of upside. I mean, he is just 22 years old. And like I said, uh, he's played strictly in the AHL thus far in his career, has yet to make his NHL debut. And obviously the Coyotes thought highly enough of him to make him a third-round draft pick. Uh, As far as what he did in the AHL last season – Emerson played in 58 games with the Tucson Roadrunners, scored four goals, had seven assists, so 11 points. He was also a minus 25 in those 58 games. And uh, for what it's worth, I found this kind of interesting. He was actually the captain of the University of Wisconsin during his last season there in 2020-2021. And he also played five games on the USA World Juniors team in 2019-2020. We've got another new Ranger as well. That would be 31-year-old center and right winger, Ryan Carpenter. He's primarily a center. He gets a one-year deal from the New York Rangers, and he will make the league minimum $750,000. He stands an even six feet tall and goes an even 200 pounds. And, you know, I like this signing for what it is. Chris Jury had mentioned that he was hoping to still pick up a center in free agency who was kind of of the Kevin Rooney ilk, and, of course, Rooney himself – now going to be playing with the Calgary Flames. He goes to Calgary on a two-year deal worth 2.6 million dollars, so an average annual value of 1.3 million dollars. It's not obviously a ton of money, but as we've discussed on here, the Rangers they probably couldn't afford it. You know, they've they're in a situation where they've got to save money wherever they can, so they let Kevin Rooney walk and they bring in someone here in Ryan Carpenter who they are likely hoping uh, can fill the Kevin Rooney role, play the fourth line, likely at center kill some penalties, all the stuff that Kevin Rooney did, you know, play a fairly physical brand of hockey. Uh, Carpenter, for anybody who might not know him, obviously, again, not really a household name here, but he's bounced around the league uh, quite a bit, actually, since making his debut with the Sharks all the way back in 2015, 2016. He entered the league as an undrafted free agent, so one of those players that has obviously You know, you're undrafted. You got to scratch and claw and fight and and kick and scream to stay in the NHL, uh, get all your opportunities, and then ultimately remain in the NHL. And here is Carpenter, you know, again, 31 years old into his early 30s now, still hanging on to a spot in the NHL. And throughout his career, gone from the Sharks to the Knights to the Blackhawks to the Flames and now to the New York Rangers. 308 career games in the NHL. He scored 26 goals, uh, picked up 43 assists, so he's got only 69 points in 308 games. It's fine for a fourth liner. Not really that much else is expected. Uh, he's also a minus 27 for his career. He has averaged 12 minutes and 50 seconds of ice time for his career, 549 hits and 145 block shots. He has a career face-off success rate of 48.2%. I should also mention that uh, Carpenter has played in 26 career Stanley Cup playoff games, no goals and six assists in those games. And what's particularly of note here, as it pertains to uh, you know his his playoff games, is that he was on the Vegas Golden Knights team that went to the Stanley Cup final back in 2017-2018. So there's obviously some familiarity there with Gerard Gallant. He played for Gallant for two years. With Vegas, and the second of those two seasons was Carpenter's best in the NHL. At least, if you go by points, uh, he had five goals and a career high 13 assists for a career high 18 points, and that was back in 2018-2019. Uh, if we zoom in on what he did last year, played in 67 games total between the Blackhawks and the Flames. He had three goals and nine assists. He was also a minus 11, won 52% of his faceoffs. So a better year last year on the dot than we've seen him do for most of his career. And, you know, it's interesting because all of a sudden the Rangers are looking a little bit better as far as winning faceoffs is concerned. You look at Mika Zibanejad, that's an area of his game where he's really improved. You look at Barclay Goodrow, if he's going to end up playing center for this Ranger team, which is certainly possible. Uh, He's, you know, pretty comfortably over 50% for his career. Yet Carpenter's coming off of a season where he won 52%. Vincent Trocek is very good on the dot. And then, of course, Heedle, that's a weakness of his game. But between the other three, you know, all of a sudden you've got some guys that you feel pretty good about can win you a big faceoff in a big spot. Uh, as for Carpenter, he's also got a reputation of being a strong penalty killer. Uh, saw a good amount of time on the kill for both the Blackhawks and the Flames last season. So, you know, hopefully, once again, Jury mentioned that he's looking for, you know, kind of a guy of the Kevin Rooney ilk, and I think he found his guy here. He's basically got a less expensive version of Kevin Rooney, we'll see if he can, uh, you know, obviously play up to the level that Kevin Rooney was at. Not that Rooney was a superstar or anything, but he is somebody that uh, I think did a nice job rounding out the Ranger lineup, uh, gave you some good minutes on the fourth line. Excellent penalty killer. Uh, Hopefully Carpenter can come in here and uh, do a lot of those things as well. It's a signing that I think is completely fine for what it is. And I would imagine he'll be out there on opening night this season. Obviously, there's going to be some competition. I think before they brought in Carpenter, uh, maybe Gustav Ridal from the SHL, who the Rangers signed. He was looking like he might play that role, you know, fourth line center. As things stand right now, though, I think Carpenter's probably got the inside track. I think we'll probably see him out there on opening night. And it's probably someone who will be... In the lineup, more often than he'll be a healthy scratch. So once again, we'll see how it all goes. I should also mention there were a couple of other minor signings by the New York Rangers. We will get to these players in a future episode. That would be Turner Elson, as well as Andy Walensky. As I mentioned, we will discuss both those guys, maybe even in the next episode. Uh, I should also mention at the end of today's episode here, this bears repeating because in our last show, we talked quite a bit about Tyler Mott. He was still unsigned, and you know there's conjecture. Could he still come back to the New York Rangers? Would the Rangers make some kind of a move to open up some cap space and hang on to a player like Tyler Mott? Only time is going to tell there. I don't think it's really all that likely, even though Mott is kind of lingering out there on the free agent market. I would put it at maybe like 20 or 25% that Mott ends up back with the New York Rangers, but I don't think it's something that can be ruled out either. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. I'd love to see him back, but obviously you can't go nuts and you know give Tyler Mott you know a, a crazy expensive, crazy long contract, which they won't. You know They'll, they'll keep it within reason if they bring him back. But uh, we'll see. It's at least possible. It's at least possible that Tyler Mott is kind of holding on to hope, like some of us are, that he can find his way back to the New York Rangers. Maybe the Rangers are in contact with him and, you know, we're going to try to make room for you. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I mean, eventually, obviously, Mott is going to have to sign somewhere. He can't wait forever for the Rangers. And I don't even know how likely that is. But I want to at least float it out there as a possibility. It's at least in the realm of possibility that the Rangers and Tyler Mott are still maintaining contact or it's possible that both sides have moved on and Mott's still kind of just picking and choosing where he wants to sign and just kind of slow playing it uh, a little bit here. Uh, But I figure, you know, we can pretty much call it there for today. Just a quick reminder that anybody that wants to send in their Artemi Panarin Game 7 story, you can definitely feel free to do so. I've heard from a lot of you guys already. We are going to get to that episode once all the dust kind of settles on free agency. And, you know, obviously we still have to talk about the Ranger draft class for the most part. We still have to cover uh, most of the players from the draft class there. So we will do that. We'll get through all that stuff. We'll eventually work our way to sharing some stories that you guys have sent in to me. Basically, if you're listening to this, you're more than welcome to send in your Artemi Panarin Game 7 Overtime story. Where were you? Who were you with? What was your reaction when he scored? Did you think the Rangers were going to win it? How nervous were you? Just let me know uh, exactly how it all went down. I've already heard some pretty funny stories from some of you guys and uh, definitely looking forward to that episode where I can basically just read all your stories and share them on the show. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, it is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers on YouTube. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. In our next episode, we're going to continue talking about the Rangers free agent pickups, the guys that I mentioned a little bit earlier. We'll also talk a little bit about developmental camp and whatever else that we can get into. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.